guys, we're back. Oh no, I feel like I should start with a formal introduction, like hi and welcome to this episode of You've Got Mail. My name is Bella and I'm your host and it's been so long. It's been so long. I feel like I haven't done an episode in ages, but there was a much needed break. It was an unannounced break. It wasn't aware to me that I was going to have a break, but it was very much needed. I feel in so much of a better headspace now, able to create better content and better podcasts and I feel like I have so much more to say and I'm able to articulate it better also I think I'm getting a cold so I don't know how my voice sounds but to me my voice sounds weird so hopefully it sounds fine hopefully it sounds fine to you so let's go with a little life update since it's been a month and a lot happens in a month November was a weird month I nearly moved to Rome that happened about in the middle of the month like very nearly signed a contract to move over there but ended up not going. So basically, I decided after watching Eat, Pray, Love that I wanted to move to Rome and eat pizza. And I had this very, like, romanticised version of moving to Rome that I'd be living in the centre, I'd go and get coffee. Basically, that I'd be living a dream. I'd be renting this massive apartment with massive windows. I'd go and get coffee. I'd learn how to speak Italian. I'd make loads of friends over there, learn how to make pizza, join an Italian school, like... It was a dreamy situation, but that is not reality. I mean, it could be reality, but it wasn't reality because the only way I could end up financing it would be working as an au pair and then all the au pairs end up not living in their centre because obviously they have children and it just started adding up and adding up and I was like, you know what? Something doesn't feel right. And for some reason, I kept si- putting off signing the papers to be an au pair. I just kept putting it off and I was like, hmm... I just don't know how I feel because in my idea of moving to Rome, it was very much kind of this, I get to control what I'm going to do, I'll be able to travel all the time, whereas this would mean I'd have to be in the same place for like a month plus, like they actually wanted a month to two months, more like three months. I was like, oh, and it wasn't paid either. So obviously that was balanced with free accommodation, free food, that type of thing, which is an expensive part of Rome. But I would ultimately just be spending money consistently for that amount of time. So I was like, hmm, that made me feel a bit uneasy. So then I just kind of sat with myself and I was like, okay, I think we've taken a jump a little too far. But it was good because it showed me how quickly things can get sorted. Like within the space of five days, I had a life plan. Like I had a plan of where I was going to be in April. And that made me really excited. It made me realise that when things are monotonous and life seems so boring and you don't feel like you're getting anywhere, it doesn't take a long time for things to change. Things can change so fast. You think that it's going to have to be this big build-up of something, but it really doesn't have to be. And I feel like it's motivated me because now I've decided in April that I want to go travelling, I think maybe Eastern Europe. I'm tempted, like definitely Central Eastern Europe. That's what I'm hoping for. I'd really like to go to Croatia. Well, I mean, in August, I want to go to Tanzania. But now new COVID variants coming from South Africa, I don't know what Africa will be like as a continent to visit. But hopefully it's a long way away. So I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm manifesting it's going to be fine. I know it's going to be fine. I know it is. So other than that, I've been working a ridiculous amount, but we're trying to save money. So that's all good. I've also been trying to make the most of my weekends. So recently, rather than just kind of chilling or just kind of treating the weekend to kind of rest days. I've been doing so much more like socialising, travelling. I've been like on the trains every weekend trying to visit different parts of England, see different friends and that type of thing. I'm putting experiences first, which is something that I've never really done. I feel like especially when I was in education, 
all the weekends that I had were usually spent studying because there was a deadline like every single week. So I didn't get much time to kind of have fun, like as weird as that sounds, like I didn't get much time, like downtime. So I've really been trying to maximise this time now where I have free time and I have some money that I can spend on this train tickets and stuff like that. So I've really enjoyed it. Like I'm tired. I'm so tired. And I'm kind of not bored of travelling now, but now I'm coming to like the 10th weekend of being away. I would like a weekend at home, but my thinking is two more weekends, I'll do it because I've got London this weekend and Liverpool next weekend. And then it will be Christmas and I'm really looking forward to that. I feel like I'm looking forward to being able to see two other cities, visit them at Christmas time, which obviously in England is such a lovely time to visit cities because they're set up more for tourists. I feel like summer is great, but if you're going to go in the winter months then you have to go in December because there's so many Christmas markets, there's so much to do, there's so much kind of more festivities. So I'm excited about that and then it'll start slowing down a little bit because I'll start, well work will get busier, but that doesn't matter like life will start slowing down a little bit. I'm excited about that. I'm really going to try and enjoy Christmas this year. I've decided I'm maximising on Christmas enjoyment because when you're at uni, you just, I don't know, it's not the same. It's just not the same, especially when you have exams when you get back from Christmas and the entire time, like Christmas day, like, okay, rest day today, but tomorrow, (laughs) got to revise. So especially after third year being so tough, I'm so excited for this year just to be able to actually enjoy the entire experience, really. So side note, today I went to the designer outlet, which I've never been to before, and it was a life-changing experience. I decided I want to get some of the Uggs, like, you know, the little ones, the short ones that are trending right now. But I tried them on, and I just don't know if I like them because they're a trend or because I actually really like them, because I tried on my mum's and I just looked down and I don't think they suit me. But I love seeing them on other people, but I just don't think it suits me. I don't know what it is about it, but I just, it just looks kind of odd on me, but I'm going to give it a bit more thought. I also nearly spent £300 on a bag. I don't know what came over me. Well, it was actually 200 and something, I, I don't know what I even thought. I don't know why I thought. It was because it had the reduction sign and it was like it was this price. And I was like, you know what? That is a very good deal. A very good deal indeed. And then I told my mum, she was like, £200. You're about to go spend £200 on a bag that you haven't even thought about. You haven't wanted for ages. You've just seen. I was like, maybe. So no, that bag stayed there. And my top tip for shopping in the designer outlet, because everything is so reduced that you feel like you should buy it, Go with a list of items that you actually want from the shops. Like, go with your wish list of things you've been wanting for a while and see if you can find them because there's an overwhelming amount of stock. Like, I found a North Face bag in there that was reduced from, like, 90 to 50, which is good, and I'd wanted it for ages, so that was happy. But back to podcast conversation. So as you know, I had to take a little break from doing the podcast. I felt like I was getting really stressed about everything, When looking back on it, I realised there's really not that much to be stressed about. I'm just working in retail at the moment. I'm literally writing a personal statement, which is nearly written. I've just got to update my CV. It's not that much to do. But in my head, I was stacking up these jobs as if I had a horrific to-do list. It was making me really panicky. It was making me think I had loads of deadlines and stuff coming up, which I don't. There's no deadlines coming and it's kind of, it gets so overwhelming And I'm wondering if it comes from this thinking where I've constantly been in education, I've constantly felt in this hyper-stressed state, so I'm used to having quite a lot on and having to, like, function at this kind of high-stress capacity, if that makes sense. 
And so my brain is kind of making it happen automatically. And so I realised I was getting stressed. And I was like, no, this is my year off. This is meant to be the year of rest and relaxation. Has anyone read that book? Because that's a strange read. We're going to come back to that. But yeah, if you haven't read that book, give it a read and let me know what you think. So then the month of November, I decided to combat this. I decided, I was like, no, this is too much. We're only two months into this kind of like gap year experience and I'm already getting stressed about things and that is not okay. So I decided to, I lost a shift at work. I, well, I changed around my shifts at work. So I meant that I had more evenings free. It meant I could get more of a routine going, which is helping me feel so much calmer. I've also realised rather than tv before bed doesn't help me relax it doesn't make me feel calm or anything like that so i've started to try and limit my time on my phone my time on instagram particularly because i can spend so long scrolling on reels it's ridiculous so i'm trying to limit all of that but also by not having the podcast i feel like i've made more space in my head to think about what i want to say and how i want to say it and i've given myself more time to kind of read and research around certain topics and kind of explore how I can make like my life more as productive to this podcast as I can and I'm excited about it so I've also found that reading has helped massively with my train of thought which we know this is basically me speaking all of my thoughts for the next 30 minutes but hopefully we're coming back better we're coming back stronger we're coming back with a lot more to say And so now we have had a 10 minute introduction. If you made it to this point, congratulations. I feel like we should probably start the actual, actual podcast. And I'm really excited about this week's episode because it's something that I've been focusing on a lot. And it's something that I'm starting to learn more about myself and like learn how to control it because it's definitely something that has ruined experiences for me. And I'm kind of ready to stop that, stop letting it control me as much as it is doing. And so this week's episode topic is how to manage your emotions so they don't manage you because I have found that my emotions dictate my life which isn't okay, it's not a conductive way of living, it's not a healthy way of living. So I've always been a really emotional person, I cry in arguments, I cry really easily and I hate it because Everyone thinks I'm sad, but really it's whenever I get overwhelmed, my instinct reaction is to cry, which means I've got very good at covering up when I've cried. Like, this is, I guess, a horrible plus, but it's not something that's manageable and it's something that can be really embarrassing as well because it's an emotion that, as I said, is really associated with being sad. But I'm not sad, I'm just overwhelmed and I don't like the fact that my emotions have dictated that reaction from myself, which is something that's quite an exposing reaction, especially when you're around people that you don't really know and or you're in a situation where that's not conductive, like, I don't know, you're at work or something like that. I don't want my emotions anymore to kind of overwhelm me and make me feel in a certain way. Like when something bad happens, I massively overthink the outcome I give myself a lot of anxiety about the situation. I'll lie in bed thinking about it all night. I'll get really, really panicked about it. And oftentimes the situation ends up being perfectly okay. It ends up being really like calm and relaxed. For example, the other week I clocked in at work. I clocked out and then I thought I forgot to clock out at work. And the entire night I was like, they think I'm at work. Then I'm going to get fired tomorrow. That's it. I'm definitely fired tomorrow. If there was a fire drill right now, they think I'd be in there and what if something bad happens or they're gonna think I'm lying about my hours or something like that like I just made this entire situation up in my head I didn't go to sleep till like 
one or two. I'd work at eight, this I'd get up at six. Like it was like a vicious cycle. And it was so unrealistic. Like these are accidents and accidents happen. But in my head, I made it into such a situation and I was so invested in this anxiety emotion that I was getting. It was feeding itself the negative emotion and making it worse and worse and worse. And I was whirlwinding. I don't know if that's a thing, but I've always just said it, but I don't think whirlwinding is a thing. Whirlpooling. There we go. (laughs) But I just felt like I was whirlpooling into a situation. Like I felt like I was a hurricane going faster and faster and faster and faster and nothing was making it any better. And again, this really signified to me how much my emotions control me. Not only do they make me really like emotional and cry or something like that. And I'm not trying to say that I think crying or anything like that is bad, but sometimes you don't want to cry. Sometimes you want to be able to kind of communicate how you're feeling without your emotions kind of being there. You want to be able to have a conversation. You don't want to turn it into an argument. I found when I've been in situations where I've been discussing things with people, I can get really emotional, which can turn the situation from like a simple discussion about something into quite a heated debate or an argument or something like that like it elevates the situation to being something much worse as I said with the anxiety as well it makes your anxiety so much worse it ruins your sleeping pattern it can ruin many aspects which has a knock-on effect of your next day and so I decided no more this is not happening for me anymore I'm not okay with like my emotions making me feel this way I'm not okay with feeling kind of out of control and lost I feel like when I get super overwhelmed with an emotion or something sets me off I just feel so out of it I, I I don't know how to regain that kind of calmness and afterwards when I do feel calm I'm like that was a bit of an overreaction that was a bit dramatic I can't even lie that was a bit kind of that was a bit too much and I don't like the fact that that was too much I feel like it put me in a bad headspace hence this episode Hence this episode, because it's something that I wish was talked about more, because being an overly emotional person is stressful, because you never know when you're going to get set off, or you never know if people are going to judge you for it, and it's, you're just living in this constant state of kind of anxiety, of yo-yoing. So I decided to start reading The Chimp Paradox. I don't know if you've heard of this book, let me just read who it's by it's by dr steve peters it's called the chimp paradox the mind management program for confidence success and happiness i mean the thing that sold it to me is on the front cover it says the mind program that helped me win my olympic golds and i was like oh okay it's time so kind of like an interesting bit of background behind dr steve peters so he was a consult well he is a consultant psychiatrist who specializes in the functioning of the mind So he is an undergraduate dean at Sheffield University Medical School and he's the resident psychiatrist with the British Cycling and Sky Pro Cycling teams. The thing that stood out to me about it is I've heard a few different people speak about it and I've seen it advertised. I think it's quite an old book. Um, Like I don't think it's super, super recent it's been brought out. So I've obviously seen it online and things like this. And I just picked it up. It was in a charity shop. And on the back it said, do you sabotage your own happiness and success? Are you struggling to make sense of your life? Do your emotions sometimes dictate your life? And I was like, my emotions dictate every single part of my life. Like, when I feel emotional, I take that emotion as truth. If I feel anxious, I believe there is a situation to feel anxious about. If I think I'm going to cry, I think... If I think, feel upset or like I'm going to cry, 
I truly believe something horrific is going to happen, like the outcome is going to be terrible. I start feeling all overwhelmed and panicky. I believe there's a truth to those emotions and I let that dictate how the rest of my day goes, how I'm feeling about a situation. The entire experience comes down to ultimately how I'm feeling. And when I started reading it, it was very, very accurate. It was kind of scary. And so the beginning part of the book is interesting because it starts talking about how your brain is split into three different parts. So I'll explain this part to you because this kind of sets up the book. So it says, within the chimp management model, which is the model explained in this book um, about how to explain your emotions, three of these brains, frontal, limbic and parotial, combine to form the psychological mind. Remember that scientifically this is far from accurate, but it gives us a working model. The three psychological brains in our model, the frontal, limbic and parietal, I don't know if I'm saying these right, by the way, I hope I am, are called the human, the chimp and the computer. So from what I've read so far, the human element of your brain, so the human element is the logical side of the brain. It's the part that says, okay, the bus is late. That's okay. I can walk to work. I have time. Or it says, oh no, I'm going to be five minutes late for work. That's not a disaster. I'll just let my boss know. I'm never normally late to work and I'm sure the situation will work out okay. I'll get on with my day. It's very logical. It's very kind of black and white. This is what happens. Whereas the chimp is the emotional machine that we all possess. It thinks independently from us and can make decisions. It offers emotional thoughts and feelings that can be very constructive or very destructive. It's not good or bad. It's a chimp. The chimp paradox can be your best friend or your worst enemy, even at the same time. The main purpose of this book is to help you manage your chimp and to harness its strength and power when working for you and neutralise it when not. And finally, the computer part of your brain is the part that works automatically. It's the part that gets you from A to B without you actually having to think. And so this entire book is focused on trying to get all three of your like emotional thinking brain elements to work in combination so that you can manage your emotions so that they don't manage you anymore. And as soon as I read this first chapter, I was hooked. I was like, this is what I need. This is what I have been needing. I'm so sick of my emotions dictating how I feel or dictating how I react to a certain situation, which can often make you look back and think, oh, I wish I hadn't been like that. I wish I hadn't cried. I wish I hadn't dramatised the situation so much when it didn't deserve that type of reaction. It's made me think so often about times I've looked back and felt ashamed about how I've acted because I haven't reacted logically to a situation. I was like, this could be life-changing. And if you also really struggle with your emotions overruling your life, or even if they don't overrule your life, you just struggle to understand your emotions and process them, then I would highly recommend this book. I'm only a quarter of the way through it and it's been so interesting to understand the processes behind your emotions and it's written in a really kind of engaging way there's loads of diagrams throughout it's not super scientific there's not a lot of jargon and stuff that makes it complicated to understand and throughout all there are anecdotes to help you kind of apply the situation to your own life so you can see it how it's been represented and that's been the thing that I found really really useful because a lot of these are based on anxiety and how that can overall your life or how it has been for me and that's definitely something that I've struggled on it's made me realize how much as I said I believe about emotional thinking which is something my therapist also told me she told me that when I went there the biggest thing that I was struggling with was that I was believing my emotions were truths rather than just emotions that pass through your body. And so now this is something that I'm consciously trying to work on because I 
can't hack the big jumps that my brain makes every time something goes wrong. I'm getting older now and the things that go wrong are kind of, they're not, I'm not saying they're more important, but they're kind of bigger. If you don't, I don't know, if you don't get into a certain uni, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, they can set you back and your emotions can run rampant. And now I know I am of the, like, I feel like I need to be able to control this more so that I can stay calm and confident and handle myself in the situation so that I don't have to look back and feel embarrassed about how I've reacted. So the biggest things I've learned so far is emotions are not truths. Like, write this down, highlight it, put it anywhere you can, that your emotions are just something that's passing through you. You don't need to listen to them. Find a way to differentiate between the two. So when you feel hyper-emotional, you need to find a way to let your human side of the brain speak to you, the logical side. And the issue with this is that the chimp side of your brain, the emotional thinking side of your brain is so much more strong than your, is so much stronger than your human side of the brain. In the book, it says it's 20 times as strong as your logical side. Your emotional thinking is 20 times as strong. So you're never going to be able to completely ignore it. And that's not what the book's trying to say. It's not saying that you're going to have to ignore your emotions, that you're going to learn just to deal with them. It's about understanding them and processing them in a way that doesn't present that doesn't negatively affect you and one of the best ways so far I found that they explain the book is distracting your kind of emotional side of your brain through ranting about the situation for five minutes journaling exactly what's going on journaling how bad you feel about something how angry it's made you feel maybe recording a voice memo and ranting to someone even giving someone a phone call letting your kind of the emotional brain expel all that anger it has all that emotion how it feels letting yourself talk that through is key because it's got to get it out you're not going to be able to just bottle it in all the time we all know that bottling emotions in is also a really like the kind of flip side of this and that's equally as negative because that slowly bubbles to controlling your life whereas mine is like a quick flash it'll control how I feel when you bubble it up I feel that ends up creating more pressure on yourself and that's another negative side so you need to get rid of it and once you've distracted yourself you'll then have the kind of the calmer mind space to logically think through the situation so when I've started to feel like recently the past two times where I've had something happen and it's been kind of overwhelming and I felt myself get really panicky and my heart rate's gone up and I've been like okay I'm getting a bit overwhelmed by this situation now and I know I feel super emotional and I know it's making me feel quite anxious right now and it's making me feel a lot worse. I've distracted myself but I've kind of just focused on something different or I've written about it and then the moments have passed and I've reflected on the situation and logically kind of argued with myself like okay this is actually what's happening this is not a disastrous situation everything is going to be okay the situation has ended so much faster rather than this kind of this hurricane idea of the negative feeding of the negative. I've explained how I feel. My brain feels calmer after I've explained how and why I felt. By writing it out, I found that you end up kind of subtly reasoning to yourself why you feel a certain way and you start kind of pointing out flaws in your argument. So rather than just thinking the constant ah this is happening this is so scary I don't know what to do with myself this is going to be the end of the world I'm going to get fired from my job what am I going to find a new job how am I going to afford this rather than kind of snowballing into this kind of massive avalanche of anxiety rather than doing that by writing it out I'm like point oh well I'm probably not going to lose my job 
they really like me there, so this probably isn't going to happen. I'll still be able to afford this if this happens. And slowly but surely, the anxiety kind of goes and you self-soothe yourself so that you feel calmer about the situation. And it starts, the journal page, when I read it back, it started so kind of anxious and ranty and stressed. And by the end of it, it was like, actually, this is not the end of the world. This really isn't the end of the world. And this has really been helping me at the moment. So if you also really struggle with being kind of overly I don't want to say overly sensitive because I don't think anyone is overly sensitive this is the thing that I find tricky about this is that being overly sensitive or too sensitive too caring too empathetic is often painted in such a negative light it's often thought to be so detrimental to your character people are like oh why are you such a crybaby why are you being so sensitive just like grow a pair of balls and deal with it and stuff like that but I don't think I don't think it's a bad thing. I think there's so many, there are negative sides of it in the sense you can get overwhelmed with it and sometimes it's not the appropriate place to be super emotional, like in a meeting or somewhere like that. But equally, there are so many positive sides of it. I think if you're overly emotional, over empathetic, overly sensitive, it often means you're very caring. It often means you're really able to pick up on people's cues, like their body language. You're able to read people really well. You can pick up on people's like different energy and how they put things across. And so I think that's another thing to remember. It's good to kind of deal with this and work on yourself for this and kind of work to control your emotions so that they don't control you. But it's also important not to kind of paint this as such a negative stereotype and see the positives in it see the positives in the fact that you get anxious about that. It means you care about it. It shows how much it means to you. The fact that you worried about whether or not that person liked you shows that you value their friendship and things like that. I think the thing to differentiate between the two is not letting it ruin any other experiences for you. You can still be that caring, sensitive, empathetic person without going to bed at two in the morning in a really panicked state without jumping to worst case scenario every single time something bad happens. Another thing that I've also been doing, which is kind of, it's different to managing it in the sense of I've been tracking my moods more. So I've been using this app called Dailyo. It's free on the app store um, because I was not paying. They offer a premium version, but not gonna lie, I don't really see the point of the premium version. It backs up all your notes, but I don't, I'm, I'm fine with how it is. And it lets you just track which, how you're feeling each day. And so by doing this, I'm starting to see if there's a correlation of when I start feeling more anxious or something. Is it to do with something that's happened that day? Is there a specific situation that I find really stressful? Is there something that kind of triggers me getting too overly emotional and things like that? And it's allowing me to kind of investigate more the triggers behind the entire experiences of why do I get so emotional about things? Why does it affect me so badly? Because for some people, they can get over something within 10 minutes. 10 minutes later, you ask them about the situation. They're like, why are you still talking about that? Like, I'm over it, it's gone. And I have been sat in my room, stressed, very, very stressed. Like the next few days, I'll be stressed. I'll play it over in my mind a few times, just give myself a little, a little treat. Why not feel that anxiety again, you know? And they haven't. And so I want to also understand why that's happening. And so if this is also you, if you, sorry, I just sat down, which I think made my voice wobble a little bit. If you also think you struggle with being too emotional, A, read this book because I'm only a quarter of the way in and it's life changing. It's so interesting to know the background behind why it's happening. And it's making me view my emotions in a much more of a detached sense, seeing them as more chemicals that you can control or utilize to your advantage 
rather than something you have to listen to all the time. And I'd also recommend kind of checking in with yourself daily to see what is it? Is it a certain time of the month? Is it a certain when you go to a certain place? Does that make it worse? Is it being away from home? Is it being at home? Is it being around certain people that makes you feel a lot more kind of hyper emotional and on edge? What is it that's triggering these feelings in you? And then I hope that I'm starting to kind of understand what's happening. I'm starting to like gain a more full picture of what's going on. And then my hope is by the time I finish this book, I will be able to have an argument and not cry. I will be so much better at communicating how I feel, why I'm feeling a certain way. I'll be able to kind of control my emotions in a way that they don't control me because it's exhausting and it's not fun. And it's it's not embarrassing, but it kind of is embarrassing as well because I don't want to be crying at work. That's embarrassing. That's not okay. That's it's it's not the one, especially when there's nothing to cry about. It's not like something sad or bad's happened. It's like I've just played a situation, got overwhelmed, and no, 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 so no more. So I guess that's my top tips. If you also think you're struggling with this, read the book. Try and see your emotions in more of a logical sense. Distract yourself when you first start feeling super hyper-emotional. Distract yourself. Rant. Write it down. Let yourself have that kind of release of what's going on. Keeping it pent up makes it so much worse. And then look at it back in a logical manner. I guess that's your homework for this week. Think back over the past week. Were there any situations where you acted in kind of a strange way? I don't know. You got the wrong sandwich and it was the end of the world. You actually thought the world was going to end that day and there was no coming back from it. Why? Why did you act like that? What was it? What was it about that experience that made you feel so overwhelmed? What was it made you feel so sad? Was it the fact that now it was unpredictable? Now you couldn't control that part. And before that in your day, I don't know, a customer had been rude to you. They hadn't spoken to you the nicest way. You'd been late. You hadn't given yourself time in the morning. What can you do to kind of counteract that and preempt it? This is another thing I've started to kind of preempt me getting a bit anxious or a bit overwhelmed by giving myself way more time in the morning to kind of get my headspace in the right space. I think this is the other thing. You cannot just accept it. If you want to get better, if you want the emotions not to control you anymore, you have to work at it. Because for so long, I just thought it was something I was going to grow out of. I just thought it was going to be something that I would be 21, able to control it, fully fine, confident all the time and things like that. And it's just not true. Like you have moments, obviously, where you feel great and everything's brilliant, but there are also moments where it's not that fun anymore and you start doubting and things like that. And I don't want that to have a negative impact on me anymore. I'm done with it. So do this homework and let me know how you think. I think we've reached the end of this episode now. It's been a long one, but I'm excited to be back. I think, I don't know what next week's episode is going to be about. It's going to depend on what happens this next week, I think. Next weekend, I'm trying to record on a Wednesday. Whether this sticks, I don't know, but we're hopeful. We are very, very hopeful. And so I'm excited about that. I'm really excited. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you follow me on my podcast Instagram. You've got mail underscore pod where I'm there every day, pretty much every single day. So you'll be able to interact with me a lot more then. Thank you for listening and let me know how you found it. Bye.